You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 389 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. In the episode today, you're going to learn about the history of the Pony Express. And in the bonus facts section, you're going to learn a bit more about the history of communication in the United States. Let's just get started with today's show. Given that most have still heard of the Pony Express today, unlike so many other messaging companies long gone, you may think that Pony Express was once an integral part of communication between the East and the West in the United States. It turns out this was never the case, and the Pony Express was only around for an extremely short amount of time. It all started on April 3, 1860, when two riders, one in Sacramento, California, the other in St. Joseph, Missouri, simultaneously embarked on a mirror-like mission, carry mail across the difficult and dangerous terrain of the American West in the shortest amount of time possible. With each load, including the riders weighing no more than 165 pounds, the two men reached the other's starting point in record time. The westbound rider made it to Sacramento in just under 10 days, while the eastbound man reached St. Joseph in 11.5. Together, these journeys marked the beginning of the Pony Express. The brainchild of visionary businessmen William Russell, the Leavenworth and Pikes Peak Express Company, later to be known as the Pony Express, was born of two desires. Number one, people's need to communicate, and number two, a businessman's need for profit. By the 1850s, hundreds of thousands of Americans had migrated to live west of the Rocky Mountains. Remember that by this time, California had seen its great gold rush, and the Mormons had fled religious persecution and were settling in Utah in large numbers, and thousands of pioneers had made the arduous trek of the Oregon Trail over the high mountains to homestead in the west. Before the Pony Express, it could take up to eight weeks for a letter from the eastern U.S. to reach these Westerners since most mail was shipped by boat. The few letters that went overland only cut that time by half, and then only by taking a southern route for mail service, out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, with stops in El Paso, Texas, and Yuma, Arizona, before arriving in San Francisco, California, three to four weeks later. As you can imagine, anyone who had a need for transcontinental communication was soon frustrated by the extraordinarily long delivery time, and just as long for a reply. Coinciding with the national desire for a speedier mail service was Russell's need for a new source of income. Together with his partners, William Bradford and Alexander Majors, Russell ran a stagecoach and freight business out of Leavenworth, Kansas, that by the late 1850s was floundering. While on a trip to Washington, he pitched an idea to California's Senator William Gwynn to quickly deliver mail via an overland central route that followed the Oregon and California trails. The key to his speedy delivery was a system of hundreds of way stations where fresh horses and riders would be continuously substituted all along the 1,800-mile trail. The route itself began in St. Joseph, Missouri, followed by the Platte and Sweetwater Rivers, then crossed the Rockies via the South Pass to Salt Lake City, Utah. From there, the riders crossed the deserts of Utah and Nevada, then went over the Sierra Nevada Mountains, and finally landed in California, all in about 10 days. Hundreds of men were hired to manage the way stations, where fresh horses, between 400 and 500 total, and riders, about 80, would be waiting to relieve a tired courier. The riders themselves had to be small, under 120 pounds, and the mail bags were limited to 20 pounds, all to keep the weight the horses had to bear to a minimum, which, with equipment and mail, was capped at 165 pounds. 
The couriers, who were paid $25 per week, about $640 today, were given a distinctive uniform of red shirt and blue pants, and at first they blew a brass horn to signal their impending arrival at a way station. This last was soon discarded, however, when it became clear the approaching hoofbeats provided sufficient notice. For maximum efficiency, the station was placed every 10 to 15 miles for the riders to switch horses, and then, after every 75 to 100 miles, the couriers themselves would be replaced. The enterprise was intended to make a profit, and Russell and his partners had hoped Uncle Sam would ultimately subsidize the venture. It didn't, and even though the Express initially charged $5 per half ounce of mail, today's U.S. Post Office charges 49 cents for up to 13 ounces for first-class delivery, the Pony Express still operated at a significant loss. Its end came quickly, just 19 months after it started, when it was replaced with better technology. Beginning in June in 1860, only two months after the first Pony Express ride, telegraph lines connecting the east and west coasts were begun by the Pacific Telegraph Company, coming out of Nebraska, and the Overland Telegraph Company, coming out of California. On the 24th of October, 1861, the Transcontinental Telegraph was up and running, and two days later, the Pony Express officially ended. A great idea, but bad timing. And now for today's bonus facts. Though not called spam back then, telegraphic spam messages were extremely common in the 19th century in the United States particularly. Western Union allowed telegraphic messages on its network to be sent to multiple destinations. Thus, wealthy American residents tended to get numerous spam messages through telegrams, presenting unsolicited investment offers and the like. This wasn't nearly as much of a problem in Europe due to the fact that telegraphy was regulated by post offices in Europe. Bonus fact 2. Buffalo Bill Cody, 1846-1917, was a Pony Express rider. Outside of riding for the Pony Express, he is estimated to have killed around 20,000 bison, often called buffalo, even though they are not, in his lifetime. For reference, one single hide in good condition would bring about $3. Made into a winter coat, it could bring in as much as $50. Ironically, Buffalo Bill was one of the most outspoken supporters of plans to protect the bison populations through legislation. In the end, President Grant vetoed the bill that would have protected the herds due to the frequent small wars the U.S. had to fight with the Plains Indians. By getting rid of the bison herds, it took away the Plains Indians' primary food and clothing source. Bonus Fact 3 A common myth surrounding American bison is that there were massive herds before the Europeans came to America on the scale that Americans eventually encountered them at. In fact, evidence suggests that the Native Americans naturally kept the bison populations regulated by various means. After the European diseases wiped out most of the Native Americans, the American bison population exploded, becoming the most numerous large wild mammal on Earth, until eventually hunted to near extinction within a few centuries after this population explosion. At their peak, it was estimated there were nearly 100 million American bison in existence only a few centuries ago. Bonus Fact 4 The fastest delivery ever made by the Pony Express was President Lincoln's inauguration address that was delivered in less than eight days. Bonus Fact 5 The first telegram sent on May 26, 1844, was from Samuel Morse, who invented the code and read, What hath God wrought? You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.